0: This is the Mumsnet podcast, brought to you in association with our lovely sponsors, Fairy Non-Bio. I'm Fee Glover, and this one is all about sleep. Does the sheer fact that someone is going to talk to you about sleep make you weep with longing for it? Are you so sleep-deprived, the thought that other people actually do sleep seems cruel? Well, we're here to help. In this episode, we'll try to understand some of the reasons why babies don't sleep. We'll talk about the realistic expectations of how much your baby is capable of sleeping, what to expect at three months, six months and beyond. And if you're desperate for some tricks that'll persuade your baby to give you a few more hours, hell, maybe a few more minutes, we've got those two from the truly weary and wise mumsnetters who have been, or probably still are, in the same bleary-eyed boat as you. <gasps> Oh, stop it. We've all had enough of that. Get on with the advice. It's like you've been out on the lash the night before, but it's every day you feel tired to your bones. I put foundation
1: on my toothbrush.
2: I actually looked longingly at a public toilet floor thinking I could just lie down there for ten minutes. If this is all too familiar
0: to you right now, don't despair. It does get better. I got so tired, I put the kettle in the fridge, I've forgotten my daughter's date of birth, and I once left my toddler and my baby at home with my husband, but I still took the buggy to the supermarket just to have something to lean on. Everyone has their own sleep-deprived story to tell, and here are lovely mum's netters, Hattie, Nida and Layla. We all met up with the addition of six-month-old Robin, who came along for the ride.
1: He's Leila's third child. Well, and- Nida starts us well, off. Just-
2: there is absolutely
1: nothing that will prepare you for that amount of exhaustion, I don't think. Um- uh, it's
2: universal, I think. We all do that whole we're very tired when we're pregnant thing and then you're like, oh, we weren't
1: very right.
0: tired
2: <laughs> and we didn't know that.
0: <laughs> have any of you done really extraordinary things because you have been so tired?
2: With my first, the most embarrassing one was forgetting her name. And I was like, I know this one. I know this one. <laughs> I once drove.
3: A hundred miles, round in circles, to get my kids to fall asleep, and they were still wide awake when I got home. And I'm like, I have just driven over a hundred miles, and you were still wide awake, <laughs> and you were even
2: tired. And I'm more tired toilet. now from
3: driving and concentrating and thinking, where am I going to go? That's a really wow. country lane that I can get up to fifty mile an hour, so they can. Fall. No, it didn't work.
0: Much of the key to parenting or staying sane whilst parenting is to realise how large the gap can be between expectation and reality. No one puts a photo of a screeching baby on the front of a book about parenting, but that is the reality. Babies cry. They can't always be soothed. And learning to understand what you can realistically expect does help. We've got clinical psychologist and parenting guru Linda Blair on board for this podcast. She says newborns usually sleep between 16 and 18
4: hours a day, though only in small chunks of time. There isn't necessarily a pattern, although hunger wakes them up. It's up to the mother to get them into a pattern.
0: Can you actually decide, right, I want my baby, who's, let's say, seven weeks old, to stay awake for a couple of hours, and then I can get them to go to
4: sleep? Is that realistic? Nope. You can't keep your baby awake. When they need to sleep, they'll sleep. And the important thing at the very beginning is that when they sleep, you use that time also to rest. Not to tidy up the house, not to call your friends. You rest, because otherwise you lose your sense of rationality and you don't make good decisions. You ignore that advice at
0: your peril, and more on looking after yourself in just a moment. So if we know that newborns don't come with a stay awake button, we also know that they aren't equipped with a now go to sleep button. But at some stage, they do need to go to sleep and you can do a lot with some serious parental persuasion. Here are some top tips. All are worth a try. Some will work for you, some won't. Worth a go, though. Put them in a bouncy chair. Some babies don't
2: like being flat.
0: Stroke your baby's nose. They instinctively close their eyes. If
3: all else fails... Put your baby in a sling. At least you've got your hands free to make yourself a cup of tea.
0: You could also try swaddling. It's meant to remind babies of being all squished up in the womb instead of their arms and legs flailing around in the big wide world. And then there are dummies. There is no more divisive a parenting tool, apart from a certain type of mother in law, but that's for a later podcast. Sticking with the dummy thing, we have paediatrician Dr. Chris Gale on board with us, and he has the medical advice.
5: Dummies can be good in some cases and can be bad. One of the main concerns people have about dummies is that they might interfere with breastfeeding. And certainly, dummies from very early on, in the first kind of days, weeks, can sometimes cause children to be confused with nipples and they can um, interfere adversely with breastfeeding. We know dummies can be good later on and they reduce the risk of cot death. So if children have dummies at night, bit of sleep on their back obviously as that's the safest way for a baby to be put to sleep. Uh, We know babies that have dummies have a lower chance of cot death.
0: So the dummy thing really is up to you. It's what suits your individual needs. Here's Lucy, whose baby Phoebe is six months old and has an older sister, Nell. One of the worst
3: things when Nell was a baby was the constant crying. And I think counterintuitively, breastfed babies like sucking a lot more. as a comfort thing than if they're formula fed. So to avoid me having to whack my boob out every five minutes because she's stressed, the dummy did the job for me. So I love them. I love them so much. Nell would never take one,
0: so I was delighted that Phoebe took one. But what are the universal aspects of babies and sleep? What can you expect at, say, three months? We all know the mum or dad who tells you that their baby has slept through the night almost since the day they were born. I've met those parents, we didn't stay friends. But realistically, when can you expect a little less nocturnal chaos in your life? By three months, some babies can manage a pretty good stretch of nighttime sleep, maybe even up to six hours between feeds. But whether you call this sleeping through or not largely depends on your ability to spin the situation.
1: The biggest source of comfort for me was when I realised just because someone is saying their baby is sleeping through, their definition of sleeping through could be from midnight till four in the morning. That's
2: not sleeping through in my (laughs) definition.
1: But then to them, that that four hours is their baby sleeping through. To me, a whole night, eight hours sleep is sleeping through. Exactly. I remember my GP
2: saying to me, oh, your baby
1: does sleep through the night. And I'm like, that's not sleeping through the night.
2: (laughs) Um, It's not a normal amount of time for humans to survive on. But what do you think is
0: realistic to... Expect, I mean, say, at three months?
2: I think, actually, three months is harder than newborn, because when you've got a newborn, you're full of adrenaline, there's lots of people coming around, it's very exciting. I think you reach three months, and I, for sure, with all of them, thought... I think I should be doing better than this now. You know, I haven't got a newborn baby anymore. I've got a three-month-old. But in reality, in the grand scheme of things, it's a very short period of time, and it's all about survival. You know, whatever works for you, if you have to sit in front of the television all day, you know, with your baby, do it. If you can't do that and you've got to go back to work and you have to drink ten cups of coffee, do it. <laughs> like, do whatever you need to do to survive the tiredness because it won't last forever.
1: Now, what about your experiences? I would actually say three months is still quite little. And that first year, you might get an eight-week-old that sleeps through the night, or for four hours a night, uh, or you might end up with a -a one-year-old, one-and-a-half-year-old that is still waking up for feeds... You just have to try and find a way to enjoy it, but also look after yourself during that time. It's such a good point, isn't it? Because,
0: you know, we've all had jobs and been busy women before having kids. It's hard to just sit down and watch daytime TV till I
2: nod off. It doesn't come naturally to everybody. It doesn't, and and it is quite boring, and I think that is skirted over. It's very hard and a very strange feeling to be tired and bored (laughs) (laughs) at the same time. But it's quite a toxic combination, and it can send you a little bit nuts.
0: I know, I know. When you're at the sharp end of this, being told it won't last forever seems about as realistic as saying one day we'll all have timeshare log cabins on Jupiter. You want to know when you're going to get some sleep, a point I put to Linda. What would your advice be to
4: new parents who are getting really frustrated with that lack of sleep? If you're lucky enough to have a partner, then you take turns, you do shift work. And again, you may need to express for that if you're breastfeeding, but it's worth it. The second option is power naps, which are 10-minute micro-sleeps where you lie on your back, give yourself a little elevation at the back of your head, bend your knees, let your arms flop out at your side, put a timer on if you're worried you'll go to sleep. You probably won't. But for 10 minutes, you breathe in through your nose, wait, breathe out through your mouth, and that is all you do, and that is worth. One and a half hours of sleep at night. It's magic, and it's the secret of all the world leaders and CEOs and everybody else.
0: You're listening to the Mumsnet podcast, brought to you with the help of Fairy Non-Bio. And the help doesn't end there. They've got these new liquid tabs available. They're softest ever for the whole family. Okay, pups. Once you've passed the three-month mark, your baby's sleep habits should start to bed down into a more predictable pattern. She should gradually start to sleep less in the day as she becomes more alert and engaged with the world around her. And since she'll also start to go for longer stretches without a feed, she should want to sleep more at night.
3: So I've just pulled the door to and I'm just waiting to see if she cries or not at the moment. Oh, and the door has shut itself. At this point, some parents like to get cracking
0: with proper daytime naps.
3: But we've hit the sweet spot of she's tired but not too tired. So she may just go straight to sleep.
0: And once you've got the timing sussed, it's really a matter of finding the right venue, using the right props and persevering like mad. I found the key thing is you don't wait until they're super tired. First hint of tiredness, so leaning
3: back on you, first yawn, first rubbing the eye, just whack them in the cot. And don't fanny around, don't spend ages faffing over them, they don't like it.
0: So if you can, you might want to build your daily routine around them, whether you're a keen timetabler like this mum's netter. I wake my son up at about 7am, then I make sure that he's
3: awake and active for two hours before allowing him a nap in his room of no
0: longer than 40 minutes. He then goes down for his lunchtime nap at around 12.15 and he now sleeps for around one and a half to two hours. Or a
1: more laid back kind of girl. Nora and I have always been quite kind of go with the flow when it's come down to what we've wanted to do kind of during the day and that not being dictated by needing to be in the flat for a certain period of time so that she can have a nap. Nora has always been able to sleep in a buggy and from whatever time the last nap was, roughly around three hours later, she kind of needs another one. Take
0: your whatever your inclinations, it's definitely worth trying to establish some kind of bedtime ritual to wind your baby down nice and calmly to a good night's sleep. Geraldine has three-year-old Ishmael and one-year-old Daniel, both very different sleepers.
3: At this time of night, we try to kind of get them to calm down a little bit. Everybody kind of cuddles up on the sofa with their milk. Dinner, um, bath, some quiet time, some milk. Sometimes they have a story, sometimes they'll watch something relaxing and then bed.
0: But getting to sleep calmly doesn't guarantee staying asleep calmly. The average three to six-month-old may be capable of clocking up to six or ten hours a night, but all sorts of things can come along to interrupt their slumber.
4: Okay, that was cruel. You really didn't want to hear that, did you? Sorry. Here's Linda. If you decide that there's a big difference between night and day, so will baby. So, When the baby wakes during the day, there's games, there's light, you talk to the baby the whole time, sing, all kinds of fun stuff goes on. Day is a great time to be awake. At night, you still go to your baby as soon as you reasonably can because you want to establish for the baby that the world is an okay place, a place they can trust. But on the other hand, it's business. You're loving, you're caring. But the lights are dimmed, you go about what the baby needs, and the baby goes back to sleep. If
0: it doesn't pass and you're up twice or three, four or five times in the night, you might start to wish that you'd given co-sleeping a try. I co-slept with both of mine and it wasn't by design. I just got so knackered I couldn't be bothered to get out of bed, go to a different room, do all of that feeding and soothing stuff, and then reverse my way out of the room so quietly it felt like I was genuflecting to an intemperate minor royal. It is important to get the basic safety of co-sleeping right because it has its dangers. So here's Dr Chris.
5: The safest place for a newborn baby to be is in a separate cot in your bedroom, so close to you. Um, Lots of parents do co-sleep and the lowest risk if you are going to co-sleep with your child is to not drink any alcohol or take any other medications that will make you more sleepy and certainly not do it if you or your partner is a smoker. We know they increase the risk a lot of your child being smothered. um, And unfortunately, children being smothered when they are co-sleeping, while rare, does
1: happen.
0: By six months, most babies are sleeping 11 to 15 hours a day. And of that, about three or four hours is daytime sleep, leaving a nice, healthy eight to ten hours for gloriously uninterrupted nighttime kip. Back in the real world, you may still be struggling to string together even a couple of nights of unbroken sleep. And if you feel as though yours is the only baby who isn't sleeping from 7pm to 7am, it can be very disheartening. But you're really not alone. A recent survey found that 13% of babies hadn't regularly slept through for five hours or more by the age of one. And don't forget that pinch of salt when other people talk about their baby's abilities. Let's hear from the far side. Geraldine had a really tough time with her first baby.
2: We
3: tried everything. We tried putting him in his room, kept going back to him, patting him, picking him up, putting him down. It just got ridiculous. We were living in a flat and we were really conscious of the noise. It was just a point where if we left him, he would scream and scream and then he would just be sick everywhere and then you're pulling all the sheets off, cleaning them, then you're cuddling an extremely distressed
0: baby until he falls asleep. So what do you do if you're beside yourself with exhaustion because your baby won't fall asleep anywhere but in your arms?
4: No baby is born with habits already formed. They learn them. And that baby has learned that that's the most comfortable and soothing place for them to fall asleep. It probably is, but nonetheless, they can learn another habit. But you would do it in gradual steps. So you would hold your baby, let it fall asleep. The next time, you might hold your baby by the cot The next time you might hold your baby but lean over the cot and the next time perhaps the baby is in the cot and gradually you would take your hands away. When there's really nothing wrong,
0: I have at times felt that I just have a baby that cries. I'm not sure that I could ever work
4: out what it was that they wanted me to do. Is that me just not being very good? No baby cries for no reason, but it's sometimes impossible to figure out what that reason is. So I always give mothers credit for being detectives and urge them to keep trying if something really doesn't feel in their instinct right.
0: And that turned out to be the case for Geraldine, who only discovered much later that her baby was suffering from reflux. Dr Chris says it's unhelpful to compare sleeping patterns, all children are different. What is helpful to you is to notice when changes in behaviour might be significant.
5: If you have a child who has slept well or even not well and then one night they are different from their normal and they are just inconsolable and nothing you can do will get them even close to being settled, it may be that they are in pain having problems breathing or or there's some other reason why they're inconsolable and crying. So I think at that extreme end, you need to think if there's a medical reason why they're inconsolable in this case.
0: Good advice, but for many, it may simply be a case of, as Linda described it, bad habits. And that leaves you with two choices. Soldering on, muttering this too will pass, which it will, but it's anyone's guess when, or doing something about it. If you choose the latter, you can embark on sleep training, but like an army marching to battle after a winter of starvation, it's hard to do when you're tired yourself. If you crack it, though, the world of being awake at the right time belongs to you once more. It's basically tough love, and as anyone who's started a Mumsnet discussion thread on sleep training soon finds out, there are Mumsnetters who think it's cruel. It is barbaric to let a baby cry. Mumsnetters who think it's a necessary evil.
2: Well, it made me feel human again, and if that makes me barbaric, then so be it.
0: And Mumsnetters who think it's the answer to their sleep-deprived prayers. It's a miracle.
3: I wish I'd done this ages ago.
0: So if your child is over six months and you've had nights on end of nerve-shredding screams, here are some methods mumsnetters have tried. Try settle and leave. Basically, you put your baby in the crib saying, sleepy time, time to go to sleep now, that kind of thing. When they start crying, which they will, pick them up without fussing or sounding like you feel sorry for them. Talk to them calmly until they stop screaming and put them down immediately. If they start again on the way down, put them right down and pick them up again. It might take 100 goes the first time, but this rapidly
1: decreases. What worked for me was the disappearing chair. If your child cries at bedtime, you sit as far away as you can from them to stop their crying. For me, this meant initially having some physical contact with my baby. Then you gradually move the chair away from the cot to the door until the chair is outside the door. This you do over several days or weeks, depends on the kid. When I got to the stage when my chair was just outside the door, but my feet were sticking into the room, I could then take my shoes off. My child sees my shoes, thinks I'm still there, and then I can go off and do my stuff. It gives him a sense that mum is just behind the door. I
2: resorted to controlled crying. You leave your baby to cry for five minutes, then go in to soothe them, then leave. Then you wait ten minutes before going in again, then twenty, then thirty minutes. It took me two very stressful evenings, but then it worked. Controlled
0: crying isn't really recommended for babies under six months, and it is another divisive tool. The first night is always horrendous, and of course some parents simply haven't the heart to listen to their child sobbing. But for those at the end of their tether, it can be the better of two evils.
2: I had a colicky baby, so she cried all the time, and controlled crying worked for me. What I would point out is I wouldn't necessarily leave my third child to cry, because she's a different Personality, and she doesn't cry that much. If I hadn't left my first child to cry, I wouldn't have done a poo in a year or, you know, had a shower or, you know, sometimes you do just have to, you know, look after yourself, leave your baby to cry. Sometimes you have to go to the bottom of the garden and have a bit of a scream yourself and then go back. Because otherwise I think if you if you haven't had a baby who cries a lot, it's quite difficult to understand what it can do to someone. If you find that controlled
3: crying works for you, then great. If you don't, then don't do it. Don't do something that doesn't sit comfortably with you now. Naturally, as a parent, and goes against your parenting style because all that will do is create stress and that's the last thing you need when somebody's trying to get to sleep. So just trust your instincts knowing that they do eventually sleep. So just make the most of it while you can and just enjoy them.
0: We hope that just something may have made you feel more optimistic or better prepared when it comes to helping your babies to sleep. Even though in the middle of the night it can feel that you're the only one rocking a tiny creature in your arms, that is the joy of Mumsnet, isn't it? You're not alone. There's always someone up to happy to share the joys and the pains of it all. We have lots more of these podcasts, same deal, lots of good advice from parents who've been there, expert opinion from Linda Blair and medical advice from Dr Chris Gale we've got episodes on weaning, relationships, hygiene, health, all available from the same place you got this one. And if you need me to walk you to the supermarket, I'm metaphorically there for you. Now get that kettle out of the fridge. The Mumsnet podcast is a Testbed production. I'm Fee Glover, and we've been talking about sleep. Thanks to our lovely sponsors, Fairy Non-Bio, who made this episode possible. And thank you for listening.